Hi, I'm Lisa Eddy, your host of the Sacred Beauty Lifestyle Podcast, where we reveal and explore both modern and ancient beauty secrets so you can radiate your true power and beauty both inside and out. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sacred Beauty Lifestyle Podcast. Today, I am super blessed to bring to you Patricia Masakian. She is the founder and CEO of the Akashic Records Institute, an international school for spiritual development, where she has guided over 10,000 students all across the globe to develop their intuition, their soul purpose, and transform their lives. She serves experts, influencers, visionaries, and entrepreneur go-getters with audacious goals ready to up-level their business. Welcome, Patricia. I am so excited to be here with you today. Thank you, Lisa. It's an honor to be here with you today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) My pleasure. I was captivated for those of us watching on video because we now have the Sacred Beauty Lifestyle Podcast on YouTube. If you haven't heard the word, I am looking at a very gorgeous background as Patricia is coming to us live from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and it is absolutely stunning. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So again, really super excited to be here with you and to delve in. And I just absolutely love what you're doing, what you're bringing, what you stand for. And I'm going to share with our guest listeners what I shared with you as we were hopping on this call was that I saw your picture. I'm not even sure how we got connected, probably through some business something over you know the last couple of years. And so we're Facebook friends. And when I looked at you recently at your picture, I could see how, for lack of better terms, woke you are, like you're so present and alive and in your body that I just knew, even without knowing a ton about you, that I wanted to bring you on to the Sacred Beauty Lifestyle Podcast. <laughs> How fun. <laughs> For our listeners to share you. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey, like you, your journey, and then where you are today? Of course, yes. So it's very interesting because I left Brazil 24 years ago. And then I lived in the United States 24 years. And now I just returned back to Brazil with, you know, brought everybody imported, my husband, my two children. <laughs> everybody back to Brazil. And it's been a very, very interesting journey. And uh, it's coming back home. It's also very interesting. When I was 24, I just had this call to just leave behind everything that I knew that I had familiar and go to a place where I knew no one. And so I moved to Washington at that time. And I learned quickly, very quickly, that I used to say, like, I move, I literally, I move with 600 bucks in my pocket and a bag full of dreams. (laughs) And I learned very quickly, whatever you are, that you are. (laughs) So there was inside that little bag was my victim mentality. And that victim mentality, when I was here away from everyone and everything, that's when it really hit home that it brought me to the darkest night of my soul. And was also the biggest gift ever because through that experience that I felt called to get into meditation and healing and the Akashic Records. And so it was a process of my self-healing 
that I, when I was like experiencing different modalities. And when I tap into the Akashic Records, I experience such a profound healing. I believe I was able to finally awaken compassion in my heart for myself, for my mother. And so I chose right then that I would dedicate my life to share about this amazing body of transformation that is working with the Akashic Records for yourself and also for being a transformation in the life of others. That is so beautiful. And it's so funny that you just make your way back to Brazil and the California girl reaches out saying, hey, can I interview you? (laughs) I love your experience of how these challenges really open us up to our deepest gifts. And I wonder for our listeners, if you can explain the Akasha records, perhaps some of them know, but perhaps some of them aren't familiar what the Akashic records are. Absolutely. So the Akashic records are a collection of all your memories, experiences, and choices and agreements throughout your soul path. So regardless if some of the listeners believe or don't believe in past lives, I find that this work can support someone that believes and someone that don't believe because there are memories that are passed down generation to generation. And as you are growing up and, you know, experiencing life, for many times you're going to experience life through the eyes of your parents. And so their beliefs are going to influence your choices in life. So basically the records, you get access to all your memories and lineage memories, let's say your parents' memories. So you can work with both energies. And basically, like a little side on it, Akashic Records is just accessing to memories. It's a collection of information. So nowadays, there is so many people doing beautiful work with the Akashic Records, and there are different lineages. So here, the way that I connect with, and I teach my students, is through like looking at what you want to create in your life and working with the Akashic Records to recognize where you made an agreement that you are holding yourself back so you can clear that energy and awaken your powerful energy, able to create anything in life, right? So I find that it's a tool that helps you to awaken your power to create any life you wanted to create. I think it is so fascinating that you mentioned that we live the lives through our parents' lens often until we do our own healing. Yes. Yes. It's like the imprints that we're given. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. For me, when I left Brazil, I grew up, my mother is bipolar and schizophrenic. And I came like very highly sensitive. So I grew up until the time that I left Brazil, having those thoughts that were not mine, thinking they were my thoughts. So it was a very interesting experience. And and that moment that I had my dark night of the soul was when I realized that I had to find out who I was. And I believe that we are always, I'm still finding that out, right? (laughs) We never get there. (laughs) And it's not about getting there, it's about the journey, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. That's why you said you needed to forgive your mother. That makes perfect sense. Yes, it was where the compassion arrived. Because it was actually interesting. I could see 
that generations and generations and generations of women in my family were carrying the torch, right? Having the eyes down, the voice inside, and not being able to access their power. And I truly believe that my mother, even though she had her, you know, the, the difficulties being a person in this world, she also had a very, very hard childhood. And I do today believe that out of love, she had the life she had. And out of love, she and I had that experience. And I would say that the villains in our lives actually choose to be the villain in our life out of love for us. That is so profound what you just shared. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Through personal experience. 100%. It's an agreement that we made that so they're like calling you to rise. Yes. 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 Wow. Yes. It's mind blowing from the victim mentality that we're typically taught growing up that we actually have a lot more power over our lives. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I love this so much. Such beautiful work that you're sharing. And I think this is so important for the reframe that things are happening for you, not to you. Absolutely. I have a question for you because obviously you're quite gifted spiritually, intuitively, right? To be able to receive these level of messages that you receive and the teachings that you do. It's funny because I was just watching something recently about how shamans or these different healers around the globe for example, had these intense childhoods or they had these sort of a cracking point almost where they cracked open and it was almost like borderline psychosis, even for the one who was the super gifted one. And we say there's a fine line between psychic and psycho. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're crazy. <laughs> Totally. But you know, like if you're tapping in and you're getting all these messages, but you don't know how to handle your gift, it's kind of crazy making too. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. But I'm kind of, I'm going around and I haven't clearly asked my question, but do you understand what I'm putting together here is that sometimes there's like this cracking point or these intense things that happen for really highly gifted people. Have you had and seen that experience? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think... For me, like growing up highly sensitive in a water sign, so I would cry a lot for everything growing up. And the message that I got is that there was something wrong with Patricia. There's a curse, you know, it's, it's a curse that she cries a lot and all that. And yet today, I believe that that is my greatest gift because it's through that sensitivity, through being able to feel things, which I still do, I just handle differently today. I find that today I tap into that to be able to support a group of people through this methodology that I developed, the Akashic Clearance, that I can tap and every person will feel I'm talking directly to them because of this gift that for many times was seen as a curse, right? So I find that people see what they want to see and many people that are out of fear they will label something or out of you not go into how, you know, their expectations towards you in life, right? 
Yes, out of fear. And almost I would add even not understanding like people fear what they don't understand. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, too. Right. The, hence the whole witch trials. because <laughs> You know, there's right, there's something about the power of the woman and the intuition that has been so misunderstood. Mm, I love this. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious about your institute. You said you've taught 10,000 people and students across the globe. Is your facility online or is it based? Like, do you actually have a facility in Rio de Janeiro or? Well, online in two languages, actually, because everything that I do in English, I also do it in Portuguese. And now that we move here in Brazil, we got this huge property and we are remodeling as we speak. And so this will be a place for retreat. So I can welcome anyone from anywhere in the world to this beautiful state here. <laughs> okay, I'm coming. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> That's what I wondered. I had that intuition when I heard you talking about this space and I see this expansive space that you have. And I think it is so important to be together and it can happen online 100%. I'm seeing that as well. The transmission can come through, though I think there's something beautiful about being in person. Yes. Yes, up until now, it's all been online, with exception of some companies that have brought me over the years. I've been coming to Brazil to speak here, but it's mainly all my students was from online. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. And well, and I think the, the retreats, is that what you're doing there? It's going to be a retreat center? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And that's that's all you need for the connection is to like to have that power packed time together, right? To transform. I love it. I think that is so important. So what would you say? Is there something that you would share with our listeners who are like, I don't know if I'm intuitive, or how do I deepen it? Or, you know, discovering soul purpose, like any of this, are there any little nuggets of wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners here? I would say it's easier than it looks like, because that is this thing that people make of, you know, my soul purpose. (laughs) So I teach soul purpose, right? But the way that I connect with the soul purpose is that is your life purpose and that is your soul purpose. So life purpose is like the thing that you're here to do for others. And that can change over time, right? So you can be working in a company, you can be whatever you're doing, you are sharing with others. You can choose to be a mother and you, you are doing your life purpose at that time and that can change. So purpose, the way that I see it, how you want to feel as you give yourself. So purpose for me is like how you fill your cup as you give your gift, right? So when we are looking for a soul purpose, for many people is that sense of peace, is the sense of belonging. And so When you really understand that, it makes it a lot easier to feel fulfillment because you're not like so many people. You see what someone is doing and you think that, you know, in order to be fulfilled, you have to be doing exactly what they're doing with. And each person has its own mission. So soul purpose for me, it's fulfillment. It's what your soul needs to fill its cup back on. 
I love that. It does totally simplify it because it can feel overwhelming. Soul's purpose, like, oh my God, <laughs> what if I don't have the right purpose? And like, it feels stressful almost to get to it, perhaps. <laughs> yes, in the, in the life purpose, it's what you're doing now. And what you're doing now, it, it may be what you're going to be doing tomorrow. It may not be. And when you let go of the charge and the pressure that so many people put on themselves, that's when things get easier. And you see everything as just a next step. Yeah, yeah, right. Is it Rumi that has that beautiful quote that says, as you walk on the way, the way appears or something like that? Like, we don't have to know more than the next best step really is the point, right? Exactly, because otherwise you waste time, right? And intuition is just, it's a muscle that you develop and create mastery by listening. It's not out there, it's, it's within. And so it's, it's making the daily choice of listen, of listen. And those whispers, you know, start, you know, tapping into those little whispers and those little whispers get deeper and deeper. Right. And I love that teaching. That's what I share as well, because I've been teaching women for 25 years, soul and skincare <laughs> and our intuition is often misunderstood, even the way that we say, like, oh, I just have a feeling. And so I think our words that we use are so important. And I'll say, you mean your intuition or kind of like try to get them to reframe it a little bit? Did you have a knowing? Is that what you mean? You know, <laughs> so that they can start to claim it. Because I think like you were saying, the more you listen, and I would say the w- more you claim it, the more you listen, the more you claim it, the louder, the clearer and the easier it's broadcast. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But the things that I would say, pay attention on those things, pay attention so that you don't sabotage yourself from the perspective of the rush and why haven't happened yet and all those things that, that those are the things that will actually be on the way of developing intuition, manifestation, prosperity, and it's all the same, right? Right. Yes. I love it. Takes the pressure off. It's like decompressing because you can't be in both of those states at the same time, right? Like you can't be in a stressful state Mm -hmm. and receive. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. That just kind of came to me. Oh, this is such juicy topic. I could seriously like talk to you forever. (laughs) And I bet our listeners are eating this up as well. I was looking at some of the work that you put out in the world, and I noticed in a post recently that you talked about sacred geometry. Mm -hmm. I love that you're teaching about sacred geometry. Can you explain a little bit about that and something that you would share with our listeners, like what sacred geometry is or how you use it in your work? Yes. So the way that it started is years ago when when I started this work and I was getting ready to do a healing, a group healing or a class, teach a class. I always like to tap in, to meditate, to create that, you know, integration for the class. And so as I was doing, I started having these sacred geometry formations like coming to me, to my mind's eye. And then I would, I always have crystals to the wazoo, right? (laughs) Everywhere I would, oh my crystals. I would come to Brazil traveling and bring a bunch of crystals. And then my husband would be like, oh my gosh, look, 
picking up my bag looks like you're carrying rocks oh wait you are carrying rocks <laughs> so so I like always and now they, I brought them all back so anyways so as I was tapping into those sacred geometry formations I will start to create crystal grids to prepare to the class and that's how we all started so the formations start coming I would put the crystals and then I would step into what is the meaning and I would meditate with the crystals and the sacred geometry. And that's how my first oracle came about, the sacred crystal codes. And now I, we're actually in a room that is with, this is like a completely open room right now. Like they just put the cement floor and I actually made a crystal grid under the cement floor. Will you explain to our listeners what a crystal grid is? Oh, yes. So crystal grids are like when you listen to the energy of a space and you place crystals in a place in a harmonic energy so that they can emanate the vibration depending of the combination of the grids and the crystals. And then that energy resonates through the space. Because crystals amplify energy, right? Yes. And when you have the grid, it brings together the energy of the grid, what that particular sacred geometry, let's say, brings into people's life. And then you bring the specific crystals that have specifically properties to help specifically things. <laughs> and then it's all together. It just amplifies the energy. It's very specific, people. <laughs> I love it. That is so yeah. cool. I too, I have a whole tray of crystals right next to my computer, like just a ton of them, because it also kind of offsets the energy of the technology as well, which we can be so yes. affected by, right? As human beings. Yes. Yes. Especially highly sensitive beings, right? Yes, absolutely. Have you been working with crystals for long? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's been many, many years. They've always been around, but more like when I founded the Akashic Records Institute, that's when the book came about and the oracle too. And so it's been a while. Yeah. I was wondering if you teach with the crystals, like what you're teaching your students in the program, if you teach them some work with the crystals as well. Yes, I do have a, a crystal course. Yes. Yes. I love it. It's very powerful. Because yeah. I think a lot of people are confused. Like we know that crystals bring great value and that they're getting more buzz today, let's say, or, you know, there are awarenesses coming around the tools that help us tap in or that help us ground or to help us get more clear. But it can also be a little bit confusing as to how to use them. Even if you have a book, I don't think that necessarily sometimes helps as much. So I think that's really cool that you're teaching that. Yes, yes. And there's so many applications, like you can tap into the message within the crystal for you and we can go on and on and on. But like there is the Lemurian crystals that have so much information for humanity right now that you can scan it and tap into that wisdom. I would say that if you're curious about it, it's because somewhere along the line, you are part of storing that information. Okay, so I have a Lemurian crystal. Yes. I just actually, I, <laughs> I just actually moved it last night. I was like, you know, how you, like sometimes your home is stagnant and it's like feels stale. 
So I often, I did a deep cleaning yesterday and was like moving everything around to create more flow and harmony and dumping things. So I moved it in the other room. Otherwise, since we're on video, I would be showing y'all and Patricia (laughs) the crystal. And you're right. Of course, you're right. This is your work. I did come back in this lifetime and retrieve a crystal that I had imprinted information. Now, I have to tell you that I haven't really done the work with it. So when you said, what, what was the word you just said that I can, how you I can, can retreat? If it's a Lemurian crystal, you're going to see like those lines that is almost like a barcode. So you can just sit in meditation and have your thumb running through those barcodes and just be open to your body be receiving the download. And knowing that the intelligence of our body is receiving exactly what it needs there. So you get some homework to do it for fun. <laughs> I do. Clearly, I'll report back to you. So yes. I'm guessing that you were a part of Lemuria as well? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So was Lemuria after Atlantis? Is that right? I believe so. Yes. Right. Okay. I wonder if our listeners are like, what are they talking about? <laughs> and then some crystals went down to the earth and some crystals went up. So there was information being stored and some crystals went down and some crystals went up. And now, they're, especially in Brazil, most of those crystals are resurfacing now. Ooh, why do you say especially in Brazil? Tell me more. There's many Lemurian crystals come from Brazil. It's actually come from the land. They move, right? Because the earth shift, right? Earth shift and then where it was, you know, as a sink and it goes, for some reason, a lot of those Remulian crystals are in many different places, but especially in Brazil too. Oh my goodness. I just have a message coming through. So you're like the universe shifts, the planet shifts, you know, it moves. I'm like, it's like birds migrating, right? (laughs) The crystals are like migrating to pass on the information. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Would you say that Brazil is having a bit of an awakening at this time? It's interesting because I think Brazil always been a lot more open to you know, because I've been doing, I've been giving Akashic Record sessions for like 20 years, but I started teaching about nine years ago or so. And so from what it was then, nine years ago to now, right, I always done both things in both languages, right? So I would do a webinar, same information, just different languages, Facebook ads at that time, 10 years ago was awesome. <laughs> So, but uh, we would be something the lines of, I would put a hundred dollars. Those are the times that you put a hundred dollars on Facebook ads. I'll put a hundred dollars on the Facebook ads. And with those exactly a hundred dollars for Brazil, Portuguese, a hundred dollars in English, I would receive like 300 signups in English and 3000 in Portuguese. So in my experience, Brazil always being very open to this body of work. And I grew up with my dad was a shaman. So I grew up in the Brazilian, not really shaman shaman is like, you know, the Brazilian culture. So he used to do like Umbanda and that's, that's how we call. So I grew up exposed to that. So it was very normal for me. So this is something that is very, very open here in Brazil, always been. In my experience, I always, Brazil's always been much more receptive to things like Akashic Records at the time that nine years ago, almost nobody was talking about it. Now there is a lot more, thank God. But it was interesting. Brazil always been very open 
you know, 300, 3000 was always like that. Right. And I can see, I think that's some of what I love about your culture is the openness in general. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel, you know, the joy of the Brazilian culture, and that has a lot to do with tapping into who you really are. And I think joy is the purpose of life. Yes. And I'm also curious if this has anything to do perhaps with, I mean, there's a huge African influence in Brazil as well, too. Like, I mean, there's all, you know, all the indigenous people all over the world are more connected to the roots, too. And, you know, there's, there's Mother Africa. (laughs) Yes, yes, I would say that it definitely influenced it. But at the same time, like Brazil, it's like, it's a combination of all cultures, right? On the 1500s, we had the Portuguese and England, and that's how we become. We don't have people that were like from here, right? We are mixed of this combination. But there is something about this welcoming energy, even though it's like, it's almost like from people from all over the world. It's different. It's interesting. Like when I moved to the United States, for example, right, someone that was Japanese, because I had Japanese in Brazil, but they were Brazilian. And in the United States, for example, the Japanese would hold the Japanese and the language and the culture. And, you know, just an example, but all, all different countries, they would hold more of their... In Brazil, no, you become Brazilian. You just speak the language and that's it. It's interesting. That is interesting. And I feel what you're saying, it, there's almost more... So there's like, it's like integrated where I feel like here it is really separated because we don't yeah. have that. You know, when we're traveling, there's not somewhere that you're looking for, like, you know how you might go somewhere and look for like the Portuguese or the Italian or, you know, or the Brazilian neighborhood or the something neighborhood of somewhere where you're moving or living. It's not like we have the American like neighborhood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. Okay. So I have a couple more questions for you. I wonder if there was something that you would say to your 20 year old self whether it be about nutrition, wellness, wisdom, whatever comes to mind that you wish that you knew or that you would tell her now? I would say be more bold because it is nothing to lose. (laughs) Seriously, right? (laughs) I am with you. And what is a big message that you would scream from a mountaintop? The big message that anything is possible if you have a desire Anything is possible. Just remember that that desire would have not come to you if you were not the person to realize that. So just go for it. Be bold and go for it. Awesome. That is such a beautiful message and reminder. Thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure. And I want to make sure that our listeners know that I'll have all of your contact information in the show notes. And I know that you have a gift for our listeners on their intuition. So we'll have that link in there as well. I think it's actually directly on your website. So that's perfect. And I want to thank you for sharing your time here with me with the Sacred Beauty Lifestyle podcast. And thank you for what you're putting out in the world. It's really, really beautiful work. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm Lisa Eddy, your host of the Sacred Beauty Lifestyle Podcast. I hope this episode brought you insights and inspiration to help you radiate and shine with confidence. Remember to subscribe so you receive new episodes hot off the press right when they are released. 
and follow me on Instagram for more juicy tips at I am Lisa Eddy. Also, for those of you who are really ready to take it deeper and want to get in on some more of my secrets, you're going to want to download this tip sheet I have for you, the seven secrets to radiant skin. You'll find the link in my Instagram bio again at I am Lisa Eddy. This tip sheet is a guide for you. And when you start to use the seven secrets to radiant skin, you will be well on your way to being truly confident and shining through your skin. And that is my mission to reach and empower millions of women across the globe, waking them up to the sacred beauty lifestyle, owning their true power and beauty inside and out. So make sure you download that tip sheet from my bio on Instagram and join me on this journey. So you too can get on out there and shine the world needs your light.